Heavenly Father, we thank you for Lord Jesus Christ for all of eternity. And Father, we plead your holy and precious blood. And Father God, we thank you that you did not leave us as orphans, that you live on the inside, and we are born again in you through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we bless your presence and we only welcome you. And Father God, right now in the name above every name, Lord Jesus Christ, we bind up every foul thing, Father God, and we thank you that your anointing, your presence is loosed. And Father, it's in the atmosphere right now, Father God, that your presence pushes evil far, far, far away from us, Father. And thank you. Thank you, Father God, that your light shines through every beloved child. In Jesus' name. And all God's beloved said, amen. amen. God bless you guys. Hallelujah. I asked the Lord um, as far as I know that the table is tonight. And uh, Father wants to do a review. And so I said, okay, Lord, what do you want to review? And he said, I want to review. I don't want nothing new on there. I just want to review, and I want the table to come up. So if the table would give me just a moment, and then um, we're just going to do this quick review. Praise God. Just say it with me. Be obedient. Be obedient. You know, that's something that was discussed just earlier right there in the lobby. You know, I have to be obedient to the Lord. Amen. Amen. See, as a worshiper of God, when you receive, say it with me, receive. When you receive Lord Jesus Christ, if you truly receive him, you know that his presence is in you. And you know that I am no longer myself. You know, you know that you're saved. Can I get an amen? You know that you're not going to hell. Hallelujah. You know. Hallelujah. You know. Say with me, I know. And when you know this identity that you received, oh, hallelujah, that you received the goodness of God, salvation. It's his salvation. Amen. It's his salvation. And when you receive it, now you have this boldness. You have this power. His light is shining in you and through you. You can see everything. You see the world like you've never seen it before. Amen. Even your loved ones, even people are close to you. They look at you. They're like, well, what is going on with this guy? Right? I knew you all your life, but you don't even sound the same. You don't look the same. What is happening? It's because, say with me, I receive. And the bottom line is, do you receive Lord Jesus Christ, right? It says right there, oh, I didn't want to jump ahead, but receive forgiveness through Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Say with me, I am forgiven. forgiven. That is the number one, number one struggle of a beloved child of God. That the devil will bring up something in the past, right? And listen, you may have done wrong. You, you may be just like me and done horribly wrong. But here's the truth and the absolute truth. If I say that I am a beloved child of God and Jesus is my Lord, God Almighty says that is washed by my blood. Amen. It is forgotten. Amen. Uh, amen? I don't know what you're talking about. Can I get an Amen. I don't know what you're talking about. And now if I say that I received this anointing, but then five minutes later, five years later, five months, five weeks, I don't know. And I'm like, man, I just can't believe I did that. Did I truly receive? No. Amen? No. My, so here it is. God is saying right now, tonight, say it with me, tonight, I receive God's anointing fully in my life. Which means tonight, say it with me, tonight. I die in Christ. Give God praise for that. Hallelujah. I die in Christ. Oh, hallelujah. You, mm, hallelujah. 
When you say that I died in Christ, that means everything in the past is gone. See, religion hates this. Religion hates this. Crunchy people hate it. Crunchy people hate it because crunchy people's like, well, wait a minute now. No, this is the truth. I am crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20 says that. Amen. So say it with me. Receive. And this is what God says. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. How do we have this confidence with Christ? How do we have this confidence to approach his throne boldly? How? The Bible says right there, let us. Right? Let us. Amen? Hallelujah. Beloved said it. Holy Spirit, right? But guess what, beloved Kathy? Not everybody's there. And we don't judge nobody. We pray for them. We pray that Holy Spirit's anointing. Come on, do this with me. His anointing is alive in you and it's in the overflow. Amen? Hallelujah. And you pray that this anointing will go, pfft. hallelujah, like a care bear. Right? Just, pfft. amen? Just shine. Agape. Poof. Hallelujah. Right? You see somebody crunchy? Agape. Poof. You're having a bad day? Agape. Poof. <laughs> Why you look sad? Poof. Right? It isn't you. Amen. Listen, as blessed, as beloved, as right, as anointed as you are, just seriously, you all are just shining beacons of light for the Lord. But every one of you will say, it's not me. Can I get an amen? Every one of you would. If I pulled everyone aside, hey, come on, let's go to the office. Why are you shining? It's not me. It's my Jesus. Amen. It's my Jesus. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So this is how we approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Let us. Now remember, when we talk about lettuce, man, that's, that's a holy fruit right there. Vegetable. I don't even know what my fruits and vegetables are. Yeah, blah. It's all good. Amen. But you want to talk about God said, let us make man in our image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about that we should be blameless. Spirit, soul, and body. So when your spirit, soul, and body is aligned with who our God is, pastor, explain. I'm glad you asked. I will. I can say that I know Jesus all up in here. I have Bible verses memorized and everything. Right? I can say that, but yet here I'm still pulled to do lustful things. See, something's wrong with the spirit, right? It's all religion. Now let's say this. I have Holy Spirit in here. I have Holy Spirit in here. And I, I, and I know Holy Spirit speaking to me, encouraging me, teaching me. I know he is. But I'm always in anxiety mode. I'm always worried. I'm always tormented. See, that's not lettuce. Because the soul is being tormented because we're not renewing our mind in what Christ did for us. Can I get an amen? amen? Hallelujah. We talk about lettuce. This is lettuce. That I'm sold out in my mind. That all I want to do is stay, stay just completely focused and bless Holy Spirit in my heart. Knowing that if I see something that come against my God, immediately I don't judge. But God said, judge the fruit. I judge the fruit, Father. Bless that soul. I don't ever mean to judge, Father God, but I know what the devil's trying to do. And I lift up 
It just happened, Trish will tell you, it just happened earlier today. I, had a, I, had, I prayed for this young lady. I said, Father, I pray that she finds her identity in you and not her body that she's trying to flaunt. Guess what happens? The devil tried to use that plot to come into, to come into, to torment and to hurt Holy Spirit. But as a beloved child of God, what do you do? I see what you're trying to do, devil. Father, I just pray for this beloved daughter of yours that her identity is in you, Christ, and that she stops calling in wolves. Can I get an amen? So now what happens? The devil's like, Ugh! right? Because last time I checked, the devil doesn't want to give Lord Jesus praise. Can I get an amen? This is how you approach the throne of grace with confidence. Remember, grace has a name. His name is Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit lives where? On the inside. Amen. So that we may, say it with me, receive. Oh, I receive. Listen. I say it all the time and I'll say it until we're raptured out of here. Take me to Golden Corral. And you will see this scripture come alive. Because you took me there and you paid for it. Guess what? Everything is paid in full. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Now, I know Golden Corral isn't as delicious anymore being vegan, but anyways, that doesn't make it better, honey. My beloved wife is like, there's a big salad bar. I have, I have eaten, eaten, I have eight, I have eight. <laughs> You and me are alike, brother. <laughs> I have ate so many vegetables that the plumbing in the house is so good. I have ate so many vegetables that it's just so, oh, anyways, pray for me. Receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Amen? Right. Yeah, you guys know, let's just move on, right? She's looking at me. Is she still looking at me? Is she still looking? <laughs> is she still looking at me? <laughs> Receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Let me ask you something. Are we not in a time of need right now? Yeah. Right? I mean, everything could be hunkadory. Is that how you say it? Hunkadory in our, in our lives. But look at our country. Right? Look at our community. There's no excuse. Right? There, there, there's no excuse for all this. And so Father wants us to be confident in our relationship and just start speaking. Listen, it gets gooder and gooder within, within our homes, our families, our loved ones. It does. It's his presence. The way you bless God Almighty, it's just going to get gooder and gooder. But what Father is asking of us tonight is that we start speaking the God prayers. Amen. We don't limit God with human prayers, with our limited thinking, right? That, don't get me wrong, God is touched and blessed when you're praying for your loved ones and your family and a hedge of protection, and we're thankful. God is blessed, but we have to have reverence to remember who are we talking to. Amen? That he is God Almighty. Hallelujah. Woo! You can feel it. I know you guys feel it. Praise God. It just gets gooder and gooder. Amen? So this is the, the graphic that God gave us. Receive mercy and find grace. So you want mercy and grace from God. What Father only asks of you is what he's already done through Christ. Crucify yourself. Get rid of it. Already this week, I've had so many people talk about, you know, I, I'm just dealing with this addiction and everything else. Why? 
Now, people hate it when they hear this coming from an ex, an ex addict. That's you know that that person's dead and gone. Say it with me, dead and gone. Once again, you receive Christ. We said it tonight, did we not? We said it tonight that I die. So that means that the addiction's dead. Now it's a choice. Now it's a choice. Say it with me, it's a choice. See, already half of you mad at me. But I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. That sky opens, you can't tell God any different. God will say, I give you a choice. Can I get an amen? We have to own up to the choice. Can I get an amen? So when we own up to this choice that, that's dead and gone, nothing has a hold on me. Nothing has a hold on me. Because, Lord, you live in me, and now you control me. Which means if my thoughts go away, you give me the power to say, no, we're not going to think that way anymore. We're not going to speak that way anymore. That's the devil, and devil, you have no right to talk to me anymore. Can I get an amen? And this is how you activate, hallelujah, the mercy, and then the grace starts to manifest within. His name is Holy Spirit. Remember, grace has, we don't have a grace credit card. Get rid of that. There ain't no such thing. Oh, but God gives me grace, brother. Listen, stop talking like that. All right, you don't even sound like that. What are you talking about? Oh, he gives me grace, and we fall every day. No, you're using that as a crutch. You're using that as an excuse. Don't test God. Can I get an amen? I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. Don't test God. Oh, but he gives me grace. Who's grace to you? Because my grace has a name, and he lives on the inside, and he sealed me for all of eternity. His name is Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is the one that dictates what happens in this body. Come on now. Hallelujah. Say when you receive. When you receive now, guess what? You can export this power because you imported God Almighty, agape. Right? Man, maybe a brother should use a mic all the time. This is pretty cool, make sound effects like that. You can't really do that with a poof. Can't really do that with that. I love Brother David loves it, right? You see, you can't, you can't do that if you don't import agape. Right? See, there's a lot of false teachers now. Religion. Labeled Christians, but they're wolves. The fruit shows it. Once again, I pray for them. I know quite a bit. I pray for them. I don't judge them, but I pray for them. Because Holy Spirit tells me, pray for them. Plead the blood over them. Lift them up. Scales come off their eyes, right? But we have to make sure that we import, we receive everything Lord Jesus did on that cross. Because it's for our own good that we have this relationship of intimacy with the Father that now, no matter what troubles come our way, we know you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. You love me, Father. And right now, it's just a moment that you knew I'd be facing. But you got me. And Father, even though I took my last breath right now, my very next breath is in your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love that picture. You guys see it all the time. Holy Spirit in a beloved child of God. Amen. That's that poof. That's that power, amen, the agape power. And then we, we, we discussed this two weeks ago. When the world, when the enemy puts pressure on you, you know, what comes out? Woo, hallelujah. You see, when we go through trials and tribulations, if what comes out is diarrhea of the mouth, grumbling, complaining, then guess what? 
You don't got it. Oh, man, did he just say that? Yes, I did. If once you start going through trials and tribulations and all you vomit is death, grumbling, complaining, you don't got it. But if your fruit is truly Holy Spirit fruit, and this world, the devil himself, is trying to squeeze you, every drop should be the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. Every drop should be, God, you love me. God, everything's going on, but it doesn't matter. God, you are for me. Nothing can come against me. God, even though this is happening, you are my daddy, my father. You have been here at this moment. You know everything that's going on. All you ask of me to do is to worship your holy name, to bless you, Lord Jesus Christ, and allow your Holy Spirit to do the work. Amen? That's it. So let me ask you something. When the enemy tries to squeeze your fruit, what are you doing? I hear a lot, praying, speaking. When the enemy's trying to just squeeze your fruit, right? Yeah. Amen. I love it. Sister Kathy said, crunch that cockroach. Amen. That should be a shirt. Right? I love you, Auntie. So without further ado, everybody is from Lebanon, Kentucky, so that's good, right? From Lebanon, Kentucky, Trish Karangan, Amanda Brady, Virginia Simpson, Kathy Rakes, 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 Rakes. Look, there's echo on that one. There's an echo on that one. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the microphone that I spit on. Thank you. Sweetness, did you want to pray or have everybody pray over the table before we get started? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, as we come to you tonight, Lord, just, just thank you, Heavenly Father. For this beautiful day that you've given us, even though the rain fell, it's so beautiful. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for what we received here tonight as food. And Lord, we know that we're going to receive the blessings from you, from this table that you've set before us. And Heavenly Father, we just know that every one of us is so filled with the Holy Spirit that they're just ready to bless you and to praise you in every way, form that is to be known. And Father, we just ask that the Holy Spirit just fill them. Just fill them in the overflow that their cup runneth over, Heavenly Father. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
There you go. Thank you, Pastor. Hello, everybody. God bless you all. It's so awesome when we get to come together to do this. And uh, because during COVID, we got to do this all the time, which was wonderful. We all got to come together and, and just worship. And it was great because we weren't able to come into the house. But to be able just to come and to be with our sisters and to worship was really something special. And I thank you so much for being obedient and, and letting us do this. Amen. So um, tonight, we're, as Pastor already said, we're going to talk about um, principle four, which is receive forgiveness. But a lot more goes with that. It's not just receiving forgiveness, but receiving. Amen. And so um, just to let you all know, this we're not here to preach. We're not here to teach. This is just a, an inside view of how we worship God. And um, it just happens to be that, that it's set upon specific topics. So just to show you how we worship. And that's it. Amen. So um, we're going to get started tonight. And I'm going to hand it over to my beloved sister Amanda and let her just start off with receive. Amen. Okay. Receive. What does receive mean? If you look around, a lot of Christians, or us, uh, uh, let me refrain, a lot of people, most everybody wants to receive the gift of salvation. And I say most, but I'm going to go ahead and speak out that all will want to receive the gift of salvation. But you see so many that receive Jesus, they receive the gift of salvation, but it stops there. They're in bondage. They're weighed down by chains, carrying the weight of the world. Yes, they have Jesus. They've received Jesus, but they've not received all that Jesus paid for. And I can relate to that. Um, back at a point in my life, um, several years back, um, through a failing marriage, I mean, when I say finances that were just a disaster all the time, you know, the weight of that, the weight of pretty much being a single mom of four kids. And I was one that would always carry everybody else's problems on my shoulder. I just did. I was never in intended to carry those loads, but I did. And I got to a point in my life where I felt so defeated. I had Jesus. I was saved. I had accepted that gift of salvation, but I was living a life of defeat, honestly, just defeated. And as I sat there one day in my living room, <laughs> something came over me, and I knew there was more to life than what I was living. And as I sat there that day, and I hit my knees, and I cried out to Jesus, and I surrendered everything to him that day. What I received, there is no word to explain the freedom that I felt from everything that I had been trying to pack around, everything that I was living through, the peace that I experienced, overwhelming, the joy. 
It didn't matter what my circumstances were or what was going on around me. I finally had received that new life that Jesus had paid for. Because it's about salvation, obviously. But we don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience that. We can experience that now. And in that day, I finally received that in my heart. And my life just completely changed. And I have never been the same since. And when I see other people that are struggling, Christians, you know, that are saved, you know, they have Jesus, but they're struggling with whether it's, I don't know, addiction or just struggle, whatever. It could, be, it could be anything. I would always pray for God to heal them and to deliver them. But that being said, after I knew the freedom that I had received, My prayers started to change because when I realized everything that Lord Jesus had paid for, my prayer for them became to change their hearts so that they would receive because it was already done. They're already healed. They're already delivered, but it takes them receiving it. So my prayers started to change for my family and my friends once I experienced that and knew what that was in my life, I now pray for them that they will open their hearts to receive everything that Lord Jesus paid for. So, um, yesterday as I was just meditating and, and talking to God, and he just used this as an example, but for probably 100% of people, if, you know, somebody gave you the gift of a brand new vehicle or a brand new, big, beautiful diamond ring, you know, with no, no attachments, you know, just, yes, everybody, yes, you're going to receive it, right? I would say 100% of people are going to receive it. And as, you know, Holy Spirit was showing this to me, um, he just wanted me to share that what Lord Jesus paid for is far more precious than any diamond, any ruby. The value far exceeds anything that we could ever receive on this earth or ever even begin to imagine. And when you think about that, he just wants me to share just to receive all. Don't just receive the gift of salvation, but truly receive in your heart everything that he paid for, for us to live abundantly. And um, two other things before I pass it that I'm going to share. One, I knew I was going to share, and then when I got here, Holy Spirit told me to share this other. But, um, you know, when we receive Lord Jesus, we automatically receive Holy Spirit. Now, what we do with that is completely up to us. If we're going to access that power, you know, you know, we have it, but what do we do with it? So, um, last week, and I know Trish, you'll be able to relate to this, but um, by a couple months ago, um, my daughter's dog had puppies, and there was 10 of them. Cutest little puppies you've ever seen. <laughs> Good thing you haven't seen them. So... 
they got rid, uh, they, or they rehomed, uh, they had rehomed eight of them, and they had two left, and one they had grown really, really attached to. So they were leaning towards, are we going to keep it, not keep keeping, you know. So last week she notices a change in the dog, in the puppy, and he was struggling. This was the plumpest, fattest one out of the litter. I mean, just the cutest little thing. And um, Friday, last Friday night, Saturday morning at like 4 o'clock in the morning, I get a text. Yes, and of course, it instantly woke me up. I hear everything. So my husband's like, put your phone on silent. Um, but I got a text that said, um, I am up with Sarge. She said, I'm watching him die. She said, I'm sitting here with him while he's dying. Of course, my heart just obviously drops. So I start praying. I didn't text her back right away because I knew we would get on the phone and, you know, it's four o'clock in the morning. Everybody in the house is going to be up. So, um, and Ross was with us. So we, um, all day Saturday, you know, she kept sending updates, you know, this dog, you could, by this point, he couldn't hold anything down. You could see his bones. He wasn't getting up. He, you know, he was just, he was lifeless. So Saturday, she, you know, cradles him in these soft blankets and everything and just basically trying to nurture him as much. And I'm like, you know, call the vet. See if you can get a hold of somebody. See what they say. We can't let this dog suffer. You know, we're praying healing. We're praying healing. But see what you can find out. So she called, makes a call and she calls back and she's like, well, mom, it's going to be, it was like all these hundreds of dollars to take him in. And she's like, of course, I don't have that kind of money. So we're like, well, we're just, let's just keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. So she's texted me like <laughs> he's going to pass any minute. Like it was that bad. So Sunday, um, I take Rawls home and I didn't get out and go in, but I sent her with um, a little thing of anointing oil, and I had instructed her to give it to her mother and for her mother to anoint the dog and to pray, you know, healing over the dog and, and all this. So, well, she be bopped in and, uh, you know, with the oil and hadn't heard anything. So Monday, I was having a little bit of a crunchy day. I was talking about earlier, and um, she had, Rosalind had a ball game Monday night, so Joey had said, well, right before we left, he said, Rosalind has got some news to share with you, and I'm like, because the way my day had gone, I'm like, oh, no, is it good or bad news? He's like, oh, no, he's like, it's great news, so um, I'm like, okay, my mind, I'm thinking, oh, please don't be a little brother or sister, like, please, like, you know, that's for my own mommy, and I'm like, please don't tell me it's going to be a sibling, so... We get to the ballpark, and um, they're like, tell Nana what the good news is. Of course, he already knew, but she said, Nana, she took that oil in there herself. She didn't give it to her mama. She anointed, she said, Nana, I anointed the dog, and I prayed for Jesus to heal him. Monday morning, this dog was 100%. <laughs> Back to good health, eating more than it ate before, jumping up all over the furniture like, I mean, we were just like, of course, it just absolutely melted my heart. And, that, and that's when we receive Holy Spirit, we receive that healing power, but it's up to us to use that, you know, receive it and use it. So, 
Puppy's doing great. Everybody's happy. Yes, and she did. She said, Mom, there ain't no way we can part with Sarge now. He's ours. So, so they have a, yeah, he's, he's permanent. He's so cute. So uh, but I just wanted to give God glory for that. And that's coming out of a little seven-year-old child that anointed that dog and prayed over that dog. And by the next day, it was better than it was before he got sick. So, um, and then just one more uh, short thing I want to share before I pass it off. But um, back when we had our very first table, and actually I think it was last July. I think it was. And we were sitting up here on the stage the very first one and after we recorded it well you really couldn't we didn't know but you couldn't hear it and this one went for like an hour and a half <laughs> we just kept talking and going it was but after it was done and played back you couldn't hear anything because of like the air conditioners like you could hear like nothing but um what I wanted to share was that one thing Trish had asked us that night. Um, I don't remember what the topic was or, or whatever, but yes, it was pickers. Yes, it was. And she had asked us if we remembered the first time that Holy Spirit had asked us to witness to someone and if we were obedient in doing that. And I remember having this conversation just as plain as day up here. And um, what I wanted to share was that night I had told them um, the first time that Holy Spirit had asked me to witness to somebody, and it was in the workplace, and it was this young man, and he had been struggling with addiction for a while, um, come from a very wealthy, known family, great family, um, but he had always struggled with addiction, grew up in church, I think, um, and he had come in for a job, and as I was talking to him, and this was probably, I mean, it goes back probably 13 years ago, and it was just like not long after Joey's recovery, and Holy Spirit told me to minister to him, and I didn't do it. I was disobedient, so he left finished our conversation, he left, and the conviction immediately fell on me. So I knew what I had to do, so I looked up his number, and I called him, and I had asked him if he could come back, and of course, he was like, what for? And I'm like, just, just I just need you to come back, and so he's like, okay, I will, and um, he said, I'll be there at four o'clock. I remember playing this day, and so Four o'clock rolls around, and I am just sweating, tore up, thinking, what if I say the wrong thing? Like, you know, you know, all this stuff's going through your head, and when you're new at trying to witness to somebody, it's hard. So four o'clock comes, and nothing, 4.10, 4.15, and I was like, yes, thank you, God, you know, that he did come back, you know? I mean, I put, out the, put forth the effort, right? Well, about that time, this car comes in on two wheels, and I see him through the front window, and I'm like, oh, no. So I just start praying and trying to prepare myself for what I'm going to say to this young man when he comes in. And so he came in, and I brought him back, and, um, you know, I was telling him about Jesus and about, you know, my husband and what he had been through and what Jesus had done in his life and in our life, and... Um, 
I just really wanted that so bad for him. And he cried. He sat there and he cried. We talked for probably 30 minutes. And he received everything that I had to tell him. Now, I can't say what happened when he went out those doors and, you know, from that point on. But um, about 5.30 this evening, I got a um, text from a lady that I know. And she had received um, from her prayer group at her church um, a message saying to pray for this family because they had found him dead today. So I thought, I pray that many people through these years have witnessed to him and shared Jesus with him. But if they haven't, and I wasn't obedient, there would have never been an opportunity for him to receive Lord Jesus. So... That being said, it was just laid on my heart to um, just encourage everyone if God has laid some, someone on your heart or asking you to witness to someone to be bold. It's not always easy. You may not always have the right words, but Holy Spirit will take over if you'll just allow him to do that. But I can only hope because of, you know, our conversation or conversations that he had with others that that he received that perfect gift, even though he never really received the freedom here on earth, I pray that he received Lord Jesus. So just always be bold and don't hold back because that might be that person's only opportunity to ever hear. So amen. Hello, my name is Virginia, and I'm recovered through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> I guess uh, one of the things on receive that I was continuously thinking of, um, if you want to receive all the blessings from God, you actually got to give up the bondage that you have in your mind or in your body. It's a lot of people have the bondage on a lot of people is actually in their mind, you know. Um, it's not actually, it's not real, but it's there. And it feels it, you know. You think it, you know, and you can think it so much, you know. And you can, it's just like you can make somebody else start making some of it become real. And it just gets worse and worse, you know. A lot of people call it, oh, well, that's just depression, anxiety, and all this kind of stuff. No, you can't give it a name like that. You know, it's just, you're, it's the devil causing bondage, you know. And a lot of it is you've got to be able to forgive yourself. To me, that's what the hardest part was for forever, was forgiving myself. Because I never thought I was good enough, you know. I could picture, you know. Like if I could picture myself in heaven or anything like that and talking to God, but I'm not up there talking to him. He's up there and I'm back here or, you know, or I'm at the bottom of the steps and he's up here, you know. It's like I never thought I was good enough to to receive, I guess, even think picturing a hug from him or the love from him. Because, I mean, growing up, we didn't have 
you know. I, we didn't have people, our family, you know. I could not tell you one time, I really cannot tell you one time when I heard, I love you from my parents. I think my mother, just before she passed away, and maybe from my dad before he passed away. But, uh, but I... But I never could, I never, never heard it from them, you know. So you didn't learn that there was actually love, you know. You had it, you know, just like my kids. My kids never went a day without me hugging them or telling them I love them. I could get angry or anything like that, but I knew that they would have that. And sometimes I see it in them. I mean, I don't always see it with them, with their kids and stuff like that. So I just always fixed you know, pictured, this is what I wanted growing up, was a hug, you know, and didn't get it. So I didn't think I was good enough to get it from God, you know, and I still struggle with that sometimes. I give and give and give, you know, but now it's just like I always want to give whatever I see, you know. God is just flows so much most of the time. It's like I don't care about what, you know, I get, because I don't want nothing. It's just like, you know, I want them to see the love of God. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to know that God made you worthy. When you received Lord Jesus Christ and asked him to forgive you, There's just so much more that you do receive from him that sometimes it takes you years to understand it. It takes years. It doesn't just take a few minutes, you know. You know, I I know that I was saved when I was a young kid. I was, you know, I was young. And, uh, but I try to make sure that somebody else sees, you know. Half the time I just know, okay, well, this is what I wanted growing up, and I didn't have it, so I wanted to give it. But and then you see the whole time that it was just Holy Spirit giving it to somebody else through you, and you don't even realize it until sometimes when you do get older. Amen. You know, and, you know, so that's, that's, that's years. You know, I might get aggravated or anything like that, but it's, it's tough to forgive yourself. And, and you've got to give yourself forgiveness. You've got to give others forgiveness. You know, if you can't forgive somebody for something, you know, and sometimes, and you can't just sit there and, well, I don't think about it. It's not on my mind anymore. Okay, so I must have forgiven them. Just like you said, until you see that person. Just like what he's all talking about before. Until you see them. If you cannot say something to them, then it's there that, you know, break down right then and, you know, ask God Amen. to forgive you, to, you know, to forgive them. Because if you can't forgive them, the consequences, you know, it's like you said, it's choices. It's choices. But I think in, in a lot of it on receiving is receiving the love and knowing you're worthy just receiving God's love for 
what Jesus has done. You know, it's, it's just, just so much. You just got to the moment, but it doesn't take just that moment. You know it. And just like you said, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And sometimes it is later when you, re, when, when you see that, that more. And then it just overflows. It just Woo! overflows. Hello, my name is Kathy, and I'm recovered through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I get it right. Okay, I got it right. Praise God. <laughs> Behold, I receive that through Christ, anything that I do to glorify Him is possible. Um, I receive that if I get up and I go past somebody, because of the Holy Spirit, all gifts are possible for me. He don't put a limit to me, because it's Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. They will be healed. I receive that I am going to sit at that table, the right hand of my Lord Jesus Christ, and he is going to throw a feast for us. I receive that the Holy Spirit inside of me is going to go flowing and flowing and flowing through over mountaintops. Hallelujah. I used to receive everything through the world to give, that gave me, but that precious blood, that just that precious blood that was dropped down on me, Never. You can give me, like Sister Rena said, houses, diamonds, cars, a million dollars. You don't, that don't compare to my Jesus. Amen. Amen. That don't compare to my Jesus. <laughs> you know, like Sister Amanda said, we, people receive Jesus. But there's more to it than that. There's Holy Spirit. There's agape. You know, I, I didn't, I knew who Jesus and God was, but I didn't know who Holy Spirit, I, like I've told many people, I thought it was a dove, just fly around and that's all you do with it. But wow, the power you have in him, the power, the healing, the victory, the, um, oh, restoration, whatever I say it, the redemption. It's because of that one man, Lord Jesus Christ, and how much our Father God loved us and said, here is my son. He didn't have to do that for us. I put him on that cross. Like Pastor says, I put him on that cross. He didn't have to do that for me. He loved me that much, that much to resurrect my body. I once was a dead man walking, but now I'm alive. I don't know why I always have to come after sis, because she just, she just has all those drop the mic, you know, and it's done. It's like, all right, well, we can all go home now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. I love you all so much, and, and it's amazing, because I know that you all feel and hear the same thing that I feel and hear, that Holy Spirit, what he said through you and what he said through you and what he said through you, that he's been telling us all the same thing. Amen. And I just love that when you hear another brother or sister say exactly what Holy Spirit has been saying to you. You know, it's just, I've already got the Holy Spirit goosebumps because he's like, yep, that's exactly right. Amen. And um, when, 
when you think about receive, and you all said it, you have to know that Jesus did more for us than just taking away our sins. That he did so much more. So when we talk about what all that Jesus did, do we really know what he did on that cross? Do we really understand what he did on that cross? And so when I first started this, um, I went back and was looking through the Bible and, and, and studying to find out what Jesus actually paid for. And um, so, yes, he's our redeemer. He paid the ransom for us. He's our reconciler. Amen. He atoned for our, our sins. And because of him, we are adopted in, that we actually switch places with him, that he took upon himself everything that we should have gotten. That the cross, that was for us. That even if we only committed one sin here on the face of this earth, that that was the penalty, and that's what we would have had to pay. But he took it for each and every one of us. And not only did he take upon himself every single sin of mine and yours and yours and yours and yours, but everybody who had ever lived and who will ever live. And not only that sin, but he took all the nastiness, all the disgustingness, all the shame and all the guilt. And when we say that you don't understand what I've been through, you're right. But Jesus does. And not only does he understand it, he felt it. He's the only one that can say, I felt what you felt. Because that too, I felt that that day. He took it all upon himself. Amen. And so I thought, well, okay, that sounds really good. You know, that's what he did. But then as... I was worshiping and talking to God, and, and honestly, for days, it hasn't stopped. There's just so much that God is saying, and what he keeps telling me is there's so much more. Yes, you've got this, and you understand it, and it's even in here, and you're grateful for what Jesus did, but there's so much more. And I remember saying that years and years ago when we were first Christians, and it was really tough and hard to be a Christian. And many times we were crunchy and we fought and we argued. And, and it was a defeated life, even though we were a Christian. And we kept saying, there's got to be more. And there was. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. But these conversations that, that we were having... All last week, and even before, you know, preparing and just talking to him, all I keep hearing is, there's more. So forgive me, because this is going to go off a little bit. But So as you all know, as Pastor confessed, that last week was very trying, and it was, it was rough. And trust me, just walking back in this door and having all of our brothers and sisters, Holy Spirit filled, just, it just helps so much. So much just to be around everybody. And so what Holy Spirit kept telling me is this, is that 
to receive everything that Jesus paid for. To not only know it here and to know it here, but to actually have everything manifest that Jesus paid for, you have to believe. I said, but, but Father, I do believe. I do believe. And he, I recited back to him all these things that he had done. And I believe. And at that moment, I felt like Peter, right? When he kept asking, well, do you love me? Well, of course I love you. And that's what I kept saying to him. Of course I believe. And I do remember at one point saying, I'm a pastor. Of course I believe. <laughs> and he, you can hear him say, well, what does that got to do with it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and... Uh, so he took me back to David, and he showed me David out in the field with, with his flock. And, of course, I love the story of David, but he said, I, I just need to show you something. David is out in the field with his flock, and he's perfectly content. He's out there, and he's worshiping, and he's singing to God, and he's watching over his creatures. And not only is he watching over his creatures, but... He's given them his very best. You know, they don't get muddy water to drink from. They get the purest and the best water, you know, to drink from. They get the, the best place to go and graze and, and to make sure there's shade and there's a tree so that they can rest in the heat of the day. Amen. He makes sure there's the best for them. And at night when it gets cold out there, he makes sure that they're warm and they're safe and they're protected in the, in the darkness of the night. Amen. And David could have stayed there forever. He could have been a shepherd forever because he was content. He was happy. He was blessed. He had a relationship with God and he was fulfilling his purpose. But father said, that's not his purpose. That's just the beginning. The relationship with me is just the beginning. And he said, what he was called to be was a king after my own heart. That's his purpose. But it's a long way from the field to being a king of the kingdom. That this young man hadn't even seen the king. He's out in the field. He doesn't know what a king does. He doesn't know how to be a king. He wasn't raised to be a king. He has no idea. In fact, he was considered pretty worthless in his family. Not special at all. And not that God put him through these things, but God brought him through several things that the enemy did. But all the while was getting him closer to being a king of the kingdom with a heart of, for God. And he said, Trish, you're still in that field. You are blessed and highly favored. We have a relationship like no other. You always have a smile on your face. There's always joy in your heart. And so many of my brothers and sisters are in the same spot. 
because it's wonderful. <laughs> it's safe and it's miraculous. But we were called to be kings and queens. And part of receiving what Jesus gave us is co-heirs with Christ to the kingdom of heaven. And he said, do you know how to be a queen in the kingdom of heaven? And so he said, before David could fight Goliath, he fought the bear and the lion before he could ever fight Goliath. If he went from the field to Goliath, would he have won? And when the bear came, he didn't know how to fight a bear. All he did, and God showed me that that bear was running straight for him. Just a dead run that he could hear his stomping. He could hear his grunting. He could hear him coming. And all he did was look back at his flock. And he took off running for that bear. He didn't wait for it to come to him. He didn't run. He didn't hide. He took off and ran for that bear. And somewhere in between, when he took off running and he met that bear, Holy Spirit, Father God, Lord Jesus, and all the angels took over. But he had to run after it. Amen? And he, the word of God says that he tore that bear apart by his bare hands. There were no guns. There were no arrows. His bare hands. Impossible. And I love it because Peyton and David are right here. And this is what Holy Spirit showed me. He said, you may not be able to imagine that, but you can imagine David out in his garden working. And here's little Peyton. And he sees a bear running for his grandpa. And the grandpa doesn't see it. And all he does is look at Brother David, and he takes off running for that bear. Now, is there any physical way that little Peyton here could take on that bear? Is there any physical way that any of us could take on that bear without a gun or a bow or something? Right? But it was his belief, his faith, his relationship with God that he was able to do that. And see, things happened so fast, he didn't have time to think. He just did. Praise God. So when the lion came, now this was something different. Because the lion didn't come running for him. The lion was hunting him. The lion was circling him. And he could hear his footsteps. And he could hear his growling. And he could hear it. And the lion was doing it on purpose to instill fear in him. That even in the dark of night, he could smell him because he could smell his fear and know exactly where David was. To put fear in his heart to say, well, is the lion going to come after me or is he going to pick off my flock one by one? But yet again, David took off after the lion. He didn't wait for him to come. And God once again delivered him from the lion and he ripped him apart with his bare hands these are not just stories in the bible this is what really happened and when it was time for goliath goliath 
was huge and he was massive, right? And David could see him. He was right in front of him coming after him. But he wasn't just massive and coming after him. He was also like the lion. He circled him. He tried to put fear into him. Amen? But David replied, God delivered me from the bear, and he delivered me from the lion, and he too will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. Amen? So this is where I found myself. Father said, picture yourself in front of Goliath with nothing but a rock. You could smell him. You could smell the stench on him. He's huge, just massive, bigger than you could ever imagine. And you could feel all the, the hate, the anger, the evil just rolling off of him. And his sole intent is to destroy you. And I could hear his sword just scraping across the sand, the dirt. And you could smell the blood that was still on that sword from all those who had come before but didn't believe. And he said, could you really, right now, stand in front of Goliath and take him down with just a rock? So he continued to show me Goliath, but this time he showed me David standing there. And as I looked up at Goliath, and God was just showing me and kind of moving me over to David, and David just standing with that little rock and moved slowly up to his face. And David had a smirk on his face. Not quite a smile, but a smirk. Because he knew without a shadow of a doubt, with everything in him, with all these armies standing around him, watching him, and with Goliath standing right over him and breathing on him, that he too will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. Amen. So when I, when Holy Spirit tells me that there's more, God says, we have to get to that part. You have to get to that part. Instead of just praying for me to do it, you have to realize you have to do it, and I'll work through you. So my prayers are starting to sound different. The way that Father and I are relating to each other is starting to sound different. I always want to be a prayer warrior, and I'm thankful for it. But God says now it's time to be a warrior. Amen. And that's where I am right now. I'm still in that, and I'm still worshiping. And like you, I want to receive everything that Jesus paid for. Right? To not doubt, to not have fear. And I'd love to tell you that I'm through that. That I know with all confidence I could stand there. 
but right now I'm just in it. And God's working with me. Amen. And he just keeps telling me, believe. Amen. And that's all I have. Anybody have a, we're, we're, we're at the time right now, but um, Holy Spirit said that there's a couple questions. So I just want to go ahead and um, ask if you have any questions. Um, we need to be quick, though, on the answers because it's almost 8 o'clock, and we don't want to disrespect anybody for anybody who has to go. If you have to go, I completely understand. Amen. We're, we're not going to frown on that. But um, some people wake up at 4 in the morning to go to work. And, right? But uh, any questions? I don't have a question, but I, I, I just want to say... <laughs> I just <laughs> you're gonna get it when you get home. <laughs> I just wanted to tell each one of you, with everything that you had to say, how important it is for others to hear that. It's almost like a mini testimony of where you are with with the Lord. But at the same time, it gives those who are new Christians. travel the road that they need to be on every day despite what the world throws at us that you need to still stay on that narrow road even though we see Christians who were on fire for God at once one time and then you see where they are today so far away from God that he's not first in their life and they're not living for him. So it's so good that we have those words that came from your hearts tonight for others to hear, for, the, for all of us to hear, whether we're old Christians or young Christians to hear, that we're still in the field, that we need to become warriors and fight the war now. Thank you. Well, God bless you all. Actually, I've got two, but they've already been answered. But the Holy Spirit, I, I've sat here. The Lord gave to me this afternoon when I was mowing the yard. So I have to be obedient. They've already been answered. But the first one is, is how did you know that you received? Jesus Christ. What happened? Because I know the Lord works in mysterious ways with each one of us. So each one just takes it for free. What you felt, what happened. And okay, Miss Grady's already got it. So you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I received Lord Jesus Christ, I was in a low, low, broken place. And as I prayed that night and I just invited him just to take complete control of everything in me, I gave it all to him. And I felt truly an out-of-body experience that I had never felt before. I think I was floating above my bed, seriously, like it was something I had never, ever experienced. 
And I knew at that very moment, <laughs> beyond the shadow of a doubt, that I was saved and that Holy Spirit was living in me. And, but still, after that point, I still would carry <laughs> lots of things on my shoulders and, you know, go through defeated times. And um, even though I knew I had Lord Jesus and I had that experience, I still hadn't surrendered, you know. And it was that day in my living room when I surrendered and I had joy and peace that you can't put a, you can't put a description on it. You will know beyond the shadow of a doubt. You will know, you will know. There will be no question. You'll know. Amen. There, there, there's, there's no doubt. And, and for me, I, I remember that um, I actually, um, Joy was in the hospital, and I ended up going to the chapel in the hospital and uh, having a conversation with God because I was going to yell at him. And as soon as I walked in the chapel, I just hit my knees because the presence of God was so thick that I just, he just laid me out. But when I actually, I didn't realize that I had actually received God at that time because I thought you had to go to church and, you know, a pastor had to invite you down. And, you know, I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. So we did go to church because somebody invited us. And I knew the night before that I was going to meet God and that I was going to give my life to God. And I can tell you it was miraculous from the moment I woke up because I knew. I just knew that today was the day. And uh, when, I, when we got to church, and it was so cute because they have greeters at the door. When they opened those doors, I almost just laid out. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to explain it. But I thought, oh, my goodness, almost just laid out. And, uh, <laughs> and I kind of was looking around at everybody like, did everybody else feel that? How come, you know, I, I don't, right? And then they had a second set of doors. And when the greeters had those doors open it, I was gone. I don't know where I was, I don't know what was happening, but I can tell you that I met God that day. Amen. Uh, I guess with mine, I was actually younger. I was, like Peyton was, you know, I was probably eight or nine years old. Yeah, something like that. And, uh, but I knew as we were growing up, you know, I, I had done, it's like I just couldn't wait to get baptized and let everybody know that I was, you know, I knew who Jesus was and stuff. And I knew that a few years had gone by after done been baptized and stuff. But it was just like then I really couldn't wait. I was just getting close to being a teenager and stuff. And we had camp. And it was just like, I couldn't wait to tell other kids how it was and what, the, what it felt like and stuff about, you know, receiving Jesus. I just remember that, and I didn't want to be at home because it was just like, I grew up in the projects and it's like, you know, people stereotype everybody in the projects and stuff, but, and they were different back in the 70s. 
it really was compared to now, especially. But I wanted to be there because all these kids that I lived around and from other projects and stuff and from other parts of the town, you know, everybody got to come. And it was just exciting to see and tell everybody about God. It was just like, I don't believe that there would have been any way that I could have done that if I didn't have Jesus, you know, and have Holy Spirit. Because it was just an exciting time. And then, of course, life went on. And, you know, it was just like, and I'll be honest, like everybody, like a lot have done from being a kid, being, you know, growing up with God. And then, you know, you put God on the back burner for a long time. But then when we come, started finally coming back to church here and starting to see in the services, you know, the feeling. Because uh, half the time, I don't know what was going on. It was just like when we sat right there, but it was just like right up here, it was just like this big hole in the ceiling, and that's where I was at, you know. And that's the comfort. It was, you know, I knew God was through that hole, but. I don't have to go through that hole anymore. He's just here. I just know how it felt to be broken. And then when I received my Lord Jesus Christ, you know, um, I didn't want the music that I used to listen to. I have not picked a drink back up because I don't want to hurt Holy Spirit inside of me. I fear God now. Um, things are not the same. I don't desire what the world gives me. And I just know, I know, I know, I know I'm saved. I hear God's voice. Holy Spirit speaks to me. I get discernments. I just know. You just know, you know, you know. <laughs> and my second question is, how do you all know that tonight, you are a beloved child of God. Because God said so. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And anybody else? Amen. Les? Yes. Is there anybody in here that doesn't know that you are a beloved child of God? Everyone here knows. Amen. Let's all stand up, praise God. I'll ask uh, Brother Ryan to close us out in prayer, praise God. Father God, we come to you tonight. We just want to thank you for uh, thank you for the table. Thank you for the, uh, the ability to come here to this church, to your house, to be able to send, spend time with our sisters as they share how they spend their worship time with you, how they go through their struggles, their battles, how they've recovered from the other side of whatever storm they went through to get to where they're at, so that we may be able to learn just a little bit from them to be able to take as a part of our life, to be able to wake up tomorrow if we get that opportunity, and if we don't, praise the Lord that we'll be with you. Amen. Father God, we just want to thank you for everything that you've done for us tonight everything that you're doing flowing through us and our cup is overfilled father god i'm thankful that everyone here knows lord jesus 
knows you as our one and only personal God. And Father God, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, I pray that tonight is the night. I pray that they come to know you and that they just embrace all the goodness and the greatness that you have because you've got blessings for all of us, each and every one of us, Father God. So we just want to thank you for allowing us to come together, to spend this time together and worship you. And in your beautiful name we pray.